tuned in to the Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we're speaking with Donna Brown. Donna started in 2020 a nonprofit organization called Garden City Community Cats Project to significantly reduce the population of unaltered, free-roaming, and colony cats through Trap Neuter Return, TNR. This program is run solely by volunteers. In Garden City, Idaho, is it primarily a low-income area and caregivers are using the little money that they have just to feed the cats. These efforts are not sustainable due to recent dramatic gentrification, high rent increases, and lack of affordable housing. GCCCP finds and works with the caregivers of free-roaming cat colonies by trapping the cats, obtaining and paying for spay or neutering, and providing transportation, pre-surgery boarding, and post-surgery recovery. Everything we do or give is free. We distribute free cat food and supplies to any free-roaming colony caregiver to control overpopulation and reduce the food insecurities of our disadvantaged citizens. With the help of our caregivers, GCCCP has spayed or neutered a thousand plus cats and stopped tens of thousands of kittens from being born. We have turned the lives of our caregivers from pain and anxiety to purpose and satisfaction. They strive to support caregivers in their selfless and responsible work for Garden City's free roaming cats. GCCCP wants the success to be a viable example for each city in Treasure Valley, and I am going to add, and beyond. Donna, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So Donna, before we find out more details about your organization, share with me, how'd you get to be so passionate about cats? Well, it never has been really about the cats. It's been always about the passionate people that gave up more than they had to simply keep these cats alive. And that is what gave me the drive and gives me the happiness to go on without depression and with enthusiasm. We work together. So tell me how you got the idea for this program and were you the first person to start it or did you have a group of people? Really and truly, it's an amazing thing. I was in the desert, Coachella Valley, which is a California desert. And I just simply was looking for a volunteer, something to do because we were going to spend this winter there. And I uh, just went online for volunteer ideas. And I got involved with Best Friends, which is the sanctuary. And they were putting together or had put together a program for three shelters to gather up this huge donation that Best Friends gave them. And they would work together with an idea that Best Friends had and show them how to do it. And it was a mass trap, neuter, and return program. So they needed someone to keep records of the cats that they did. So I did that. And before this, I didn't know what a feral cat was. I simply did not. And so I went in there and started keeping track 
there were two wonderful young girls. They're still heavily involved in rescue. They do and I'm with best friends now. And the other one has her own rescue. I watch her work and it's just her. And she does such mass traps that it's like 40 at a time. I go on about the people because the people are what it's all about. But anyway, so these two girls were sitting there and this is the way they did it. They sat there and they worked with the police department. They worked with the animal control in the area. And they sat there and let the community know that if they called in, they had cats to trap, that they would get it all free. And the trappers would go out and trap the cats, take care of them take them back. And I was watching like 40 cats at a time, like three, four times a week come in. And the three shelters let them basically have as many. That's a real kicker there is having the available space and neuters available to you. Of course, we all know that limits everything. But anyway, they came back and I got to keep the records and I saw how they cared for these cats. And then there's a video online. If you go to Best Friends videos, you can find the program that they did. And the police and the animal care and the community say what an incredible turnaround it was when they had their program. Well, I went back to Garden City expecting to join a group like this. And not only wasn't there a group like this, Garden City didn't have any contract with any shelter. They didn't acknowledge that cats existed and individuals were trapping cats one at a time. And they sometimes got their cats, sometimes they didn't. And I saw all these appointments going gone. And I just (laughs) said, this isn't going to work. So then I started trying to knock on doors, trying to communicate with my, we'll talk more about the communication aspect of it. And I realized after a time, I would just, Little Garden City was mostly trailer parks at that time. I've never knocked on the door of a trailer in my life. I knocked on every single trailer park door in Garden City just because that was the only way they would know I existed, that I could do their cats. And as I did that, I saw dead kittens. I saw people who put up with trailers that had dead kittens every season all over the place because that's the only way they died. That's the only way they had less than a jillions of cats. So that's how I started. And I did what was necessary every step of the way, basically. One thing you mentioned when we were talking before we hit the record button was, you know, it's all about the people. This is focused on the people. This is a very positive work that you do. How is that different than what our other TNR groups are like? Why is this so people-focused and much more of a positive feeling? Well, it wasn't a matter of judging the other rescues. I appreciated what they did, too. It's that they made it a point of many times, we hate people. You know, that's all they could say. And yet they came back and they were always depressed. I mean, they were obviously tired. And I just didn't go that way because my nightmares were about the people who found the cats, who had to live with this anxiety all the time. 
that's who my heart went out to, you know? So I just so happened that was the turn that I made. And I didn't feel the other rescues were focused on people. They were focused on the animals, but we call it Garden City, Kitty City. Because of the trailer parks, they had multiples of cats because their transient population, they came, they cared for the cats that were in their trailer, under their trailer, everywhere, until they moved on and then they had to leave them. And so nobody was controlling the population. The biggest rescuers in Garden City were the ones that did the fairgrounds, which is some 60 cats now. And the other one was she did a utility yard that belonged to the county. I think it was the county. Those two, because they had an area that they did. And I want to put that on my list for people. Define your area. Because the ones that were most harsh, the most exhausted, were the people that had no limitations of where they went to trap their cats. They would go everywhere. Yeah. They would reach out and they would certainly, they would go everywhere. That was too much. You know, and it sounds like you communicate with the folks that are putting food out for the cats. And so they get to know the cats. Has a lot changed in Garden City since you started in 2020 to now? Is there a difference with regards to the cats in the community? Yeah, there's huge amount of difference. And I might say that contract we've been working on getting the city and the shelter to communicate is going to be in effect again October 1st because of our work. And we could show them, we did a video for them, a presentation to let them know what's happened, the difference we've made, how much we need the shelter, what the shelter has that we don't have. And that was last year, right now. And we got the people to call in and complain. And the mayor just finally said, okay, now wanted to hear from me about, tell me what you need. Because he could see, we presented it. It's communication again. Yeah. So it is happening. And every trailer park turned out to be a study group, basically. So we would go into, usually there's one or two feeders in some trailer park, three feeders, and they never talk to each other. The people in the trailer parks never. Their next door neighbor, they've lived there 10 years. They've, they've never talked to their neighbor. So we got them talking and we got trapping the cats and bringing them back. And, you know, the next time we went through the trailer park, the next year, they would come up to me and say, there are no kittens this year. There are no kittens this year. And so when they say, how do you know you're making a difference? We know we're making a difference. And in one thing, we did one clinic, we got 25 cats and 18 of those were females. We got them all gathered up. We got them all spayed and neutered. We got them all returned. Now, this is it. When we have a caregiver that we've done work for, their name and address and bio goes in a spreadsheet. And from that point on, we start to give free food to them every month. We give a 22-pound bag of cat food to each. It's over 40, over $1,000 worth of cat food to those people. Why? Because they will communicate with us. 
as to when there's a new cat in the colony. And now I've taught them to trap. Listen, I'm working for them and they're working for me. It's all positive. So they start trapping. They know how to trap now. I leave them a trap. They trap the cat, call me, and then I get appointments. Up until the time we had the contract, like twice a month, we got so many appointments. That's the way we did it through their community cat program. All me and the caregivers had to work around those appointments. And many times I absolutely wouldn't let an appointment go by. So I would make a large amount of appointments and then I would set up these big dog crates, like 40 inch dog crates. This is really important. There's so many things I like to teach people. And through an experience I had, I realized cats can be they're not happy at first when you put them in these crates, but eventually it's, I call it my spa because these cats have been out on the street and now for holding time of about four or five days, they get food, they get clean litter boxes, they get <laughs> bedding. They have to stay here four days. By the third day, they are like waiting for breakfast. We were talking about, you know, sort of the how you were working with the community. And as you were saying, it's a partnership between both of you. And one other thing that you are doing is you are treating the colony cats basically like their own cats by these folks, right? That that they, so there's no difference, right? You're trying to help. This is an affordable cat spay neuter. You might be trapping that cat, Now, if the cat's truly feral, you have to be careful. You're not going to get bitten. You have to be safe about how you're handling your cats over time and that kind of thing. But I'm going to show my biases here. I've met many a trailer park cat and they're usually pretty friendly cats. So exactly. You know, if you know your audience, I guess I would say you can adjust the playbook as long as you know your audience well, but keep yourself safe first. But you're also you're treating these cats as cats that are owned and loved and respected within the community. You're giving them all that extra support. You're giving them food. You're giving them connection. You're giving them access to future medical help if they need it. So it's not one and done. It's more than that. Are you getting your message across to your entire community? Do they know what programs you offer and what they can do to help? Learn more about how to effectively market your organization or just sharpen your skills with a free self-paced marketing course, The Fundamentals of Marketing on Maddie's University. The course is designed to provide a basic understanding of marketing and provide you with templates and tools to elevate and improve your organization's brand, voice, and audience, and have fun while doing it. You'll receive a strategic marketing plan template to download free. Go to university.maddiesfund.org and search marketing to enroll now. Great news. It's not too late to register for our Surrender Prevention Certification Workshop. Register now to join us on January 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern time. As a Surrender Prevention Specialist, you may be the difference between a cat losing her home and staying in her home. Register for our Surrender Prevention Certification Workshop to learn what surrender prevention is and why it works. Take advantage of this interactive format, extensive handouts, plus four training modules and video footage of actual techniques. Topics that we will focus on include litter box problems, scratching, and inter-cat aggression. Attendees will receive a certificate after taking 
a short quiz. Learn more and register today at communitycatspodcast.com. Remember, it's not too late. Thanks to Maddie, we have a wonderful scholarship opportunity for folks to attend the 2024 Online Cat Conference. We do have a limited amount of scholarships available, so sign up early to benefit from this opportunity. The online conference will be on January 27th and 28th in 2024, and this will be the place to learn how to turn your passion for cats into action. All of our sessions are recorded and available for viewing for up to a year. To get more information about this great opportunity and to see if it isn't too late, please go to www.communitycatspodcast.com. Yes. Oh, it's so much more than that. Every time the mayor says to me, ferals, I said, no, there's no ferals in Garden City. I said, every cat is called free roaming. And that's what we're going to call them from now on. Now, these cats might not be ever touched. They may never have been touched. And so I treat every cat as if it is a wild cat. But I know that its background, if it's alive, it's been fed by a human. So that's what I know about this cat. I have a transfer board that I use that transfers the cat from the trap to the kennel and then the kennel into the trap. It's a transfer board. I think I have it on YouTube. We have a channel. I have that video on there. I great respect for these cats. And by the way, we offer and put the word out there, free spay and neuter to any cat in Garden City. And the reason we do that is like I said, we do not define a pet versus a free roaming cat because half of those free roaming cats were pets at one time and vice versa. I mean, that's the way it is. And the way I look at it is if our sweet people in our trailers have a cat that needs to be fixed, they didn't get it. They rescued it. So now we have a cat that's we can get our hands on. Let's get it fixed. And every cat we do is clipped ear. I don't care. If someone says, oh, do we have to? I, yeah, you have to clip its ear because your cat in a heartbeat could be a free roaming cat. So I need to know I'm out there. I need to know every cat is have I fixed him or haven't I fixed him? So that's what we need to establish. I'm going to just ask, I want to make sure we have enough time to cover some of your key yes. topics, which is you know, communication for the community. And you talked about information and resources. Can you expand on those topics for us today? Yes. In your community, you'll know the population you're dealing with. Communities are low income. And what I learned, completely blinders. I did not know this. They have no Wi-Fi. They have very inexpensive phones. They can't connect. So I couldn't just send out a blast. Hey, we're offering this. That's why I personally had to go from door to door. I posted on mailbox groups and on trees. And I had to put myself out there because there was no Wi-Fi for them. Imagine that in your communication. Now, on the other hand, the communication with the other part of the community, I knew they would want to help the low income. They just don't know about each other. So I needed to blast that. So my communication has to do with, I have a newsletter twice a month. I have nextdoor.com, if you've ever used it. I have Facebook. I do rescue sites. All the information goes out. 
all the time for the people who can help us, okay? So that's just it. And you not only have to communicate with the people that you're trying to help, you have to communicate with the community that can help you help them. It was amazing. And this keep pets at home, and that only means the pets that you got at the pound and the pets you have inside, that's got to change. The support has to be for those compassionate people with all these cats that they're keeping. If they are managed through a group like me, they will not go to the shelter. Imagine if these cats, I've done a thousand cats. Imagine what would have happened. The shelters would have been full. So keep in mind that a pet and a colony cat are really the same thing. So I was going to lean on another topic you were talking about in terms of that communication. You're talking about how important it is to have those resources to be able to respond to every request. Right. Exactly. First of all, answer every call. Don't try to get it before it hangs up or texts you. A lot of people can't text. You want to get the phone calls. And at that point, pay attention to where you get your support and write it down and write down the medications over the counter that you can offer and give to people. If they say you have a kitten with some bad eyes, have a case of teramycin and bring it to them. Here, use this. And if you have dogs and they want to know if you do dogs, no, but here's a low income group or here's what you can do or here's the form that you can fill out. Let me bring you that form. So I'm not in Garden City. I say to people who call me and say, you know, and I say, oh, I do Garden City. And then I say, but where are you? I'm in Boise. You are so lucky because you have the contract. And let me tell you about that. List, get those resources down so you always remember to pass them up. Never say no to anyone. Wonderful. Give them something. That's music to my ears. I love it because... <laughs> I know it can be overwhelming. I know it can be certainly challenging, but I, I do think that out of being respectful for others, they've taken the effort to reach out to you. And yes, it's everything. I get so many people saying that, oh, thank you for replying or calling me back because I haven't heard from nine other places. I get it. It's very tough, but I also still think that even if it's just a quick little three-minute call, it just means a lot. It does. You never have to say no. You can always be and they I've never had one call not say thank you so much for this help. Right. Everyone. So Donna, if folks are interested in finding out the work that you do, and this group is in Idaho, just to remind folks that you are in Idaho. If they're interested in seeing your website, finding out more about your organization, how would they do that? Okay, we have a website. I think it's gcccpproject.com. Well, we'll make sure we have it in the show notes. So no worries. We'll put it in the show notes. But the most fun on it, we say our stories, it's a blog. And I would go there because all the stories I put in my newsletter, I transfer into our stories. And there's must be hundreds by now. And it's so fun. And that's what the newsletter is about. It's not a generic newsletter. It's people know the name of cats. They say, well, what happened to Lucky? You know, or, you know, and then once once we 
took in the low, less than two pound kittens and got them adopted. Hundreds of those we had. People send us pictures of our kitties and their new homes. We let everybody know about what happened to Lucky and everybody is involved in what happens. And they're so excited. They can't wait. And our newsletter is growing like crazy. It's another wonderful way to get information out and teach. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we say goodbye today? Okay, let's see. I would like to say some of the things that you can do for your caregivers. Once you've established them, they know that you're there to help them. And the things that you can do is the food is really important. And then over-the-counter drugs for them. I have a case of teramycin L-lysine for the kidneys. I've got wound care spray. I've got flea medication. And anytime they have any different thing, I have that medicine and I give it away. I give everything away and I have no expectations of people. Everything's free. Get your money. And if you don't have a 501c3, get it. I mean, and there's a fast track 501c3, which could be a good class too. But you need the money. You need that money so you can get the food. You can get the medications. You've got to have that to support people. Donna, anything else? So winter shelters you can give and get your caregivers on registration spreadsheets so you can address them personally. Keep contacts with them. Give away everything. And money is not the deciding factor. If someone's a millionaire or no income, everybody gets treated the same. No expectations. I think that's it. Excellent. Dawn, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on in the future. Sounds like you're doing an awesome job. But now we just need to spread you out all across the country. (laughs) I appreciate for being on. You gather information. You want to share it. Excellent. Thank you so much. That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats.